Hello, one and all, and welcome to this Monday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. Oh my goodness, another weekend of football is done and dusted, and I am exhausted. Good Lord, so much exciting stuff. You could hear it in my voice. So much excitement has gone on this weekend. I'm tired. I apologize for this. My allergies are acting up like crazy. I need to go to bed. So we are going to attempt. I think I've said this the past like five or six shows. I'm going to attempt to record like a 20 to 30 minute episode. So if it goes, you're listening to this, you know exactly how long it is. By the time, when I'm saying this right now, I have no idea how long this show is going to be. Shot in the dark. No, 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 no idea whatsoever. I have, I have my guesstimates. I don't think it will be around 20 to half, 20 minutes to a half an hour. Just knowing, knowing what I know about myself personally, I don't think we'll be managing to hit that or below that, which is what I would really, my sleep schedule would really like it. My body would truly pre- appreciate it, but I don't know if that's what we're going to get tonight. So we will wait and see. We will wait and see. But first off, as we're starting on the show, I'd just like to apologize formally. So if you listen to the show long enough, or at least for the past like two weeks or so, you would know that I have been doing this. I don't know what you want to call it. It's you, you place bets kind of on these games or pick what teams are going to cover. And at the end of the season, they tally it all up. And I, I don't really know what it's called, to be honest. But I'm doing it with my friend Tom. Tom is the easy E of the organization. Of NWA, he's the easy E. Easy E put all the money forth. I'm the ice cube. I'm writing all the stuff. <laughs> I'm what I'm giving Easy E what he needs to succeed. He gave us the money to grow. I'm giving him what he needs to succeed. I am giving him the picks. Tom is providing the income for it. And we're doing a nice little partnership here. In week one, the word I guess week two. Week two, the first week I did it, we had some good success. There's about I don't know, I guess I shouldn't say how many teams or people there are in this thing, because I don't really know. But we shot all the way up from twenty third to fourth. So I had myself a fantastic week. Week three, so my week two, oof, oof, that was bad. So this would just like to be a formal apology to Tom on the picks that we had this week. It did not go the way it ex- I expected at all. But to be fair to myself, if you listen to Friday's show, you would have known I was not very confident in this, this weekend's picks. But we did it anyways. We did it anyways because you have to put some picks forward. And against some of my better judgment, and with me going against what I thought would actually happen and going with, oh, let's see what other people are saying, which is a dumb thing to do. Never second guess yourself, okay? That's the main. I think I've said that a thousand times, but I keep on doing it because I get over, I start overthinking things. I get a little nervous and I start going, well, I got to see if someone else is saying this too so I can have at least some confidence in myself to think, oh, I'm not crazy for saying, a hypothetical here, Stony Brook's going to beat Oregon. I didn't do that, but just in hypotheticals here. I have to at least see someone saying, oh, yeah, this is what Stony, like a Stony Brook expert, what do they do best? And why they can upset the fourth-ranked Oregon Ducks. The then-fourth-ranked Oregon Ducks. I believe they're third now in the rankings. They think Oklahoma dropped a spot because they almost lost to Nebraska, which screwed up some of my parts on that. So, uh, yeah, that was really fun. Thank you for that, Oklahoma. But, yeah, uh, not a great week. Tom, like we've said, Tom's got the money forward on this, so Tom could probably put out a hit on me. And if this is the last time you hear of me, 
That was supposed to simulate Tom. He got me while I was recording the show. He didn't, but it was just to simulate that idea. But we'll get him back. He keeps reiterating to me that is a long season, but I don't know. It might not be a long season for me. It might be a very short-lived season after a little bit because we dropped from 4th to 12th. So we're kind of like right back in the middle because this week, this weekend was just bad. For years, truly, it was bad. It was not a great weekend if you just look at some of the top 25 games. So let's go over the picks I officially made because we obviously did the show and we went over every single game that was on this little list and predicted what would happen, or at least try to predict what would cover. First off, Louisville versus UCF. Uh, BS. That one was complete BS. Dylan Gabriel's out for the rest. It seems like the rest of the season. I don't really know what the injury is exactly, but throwing a pick six at the very end of the game with like 20 seconds left, not ideal when you need a team to cover by seven and they're tied 35-35 and a touchdown would get it up by seven and they'd be forced to kick the extra point. So you would have covered. No, actually, Louisville, pick six. Malik Cunningham, balled out, which is what we expected because he is the only player really Louisville has at their disposal. He is everything to that Louisville Cardinals team. If you watched week one against Ole Miss, you would notice that. There was a point in time in the game he led Louisville in both pass or both in rushing, passing, and receiving. He was doing everything for Louisville. And we talked about this being a tough game to predict because I know Malik Cunningham is a really good quarterback. And USF, UCF struggled in the first half against Boise State, but played very well in the second half against them. So I was a little struggled here. And I like Dylan Gabriel as a quarterback. I have him just like slightly above Malik Cunningham. I think they're both really good quarterbacks, but in this game, Malik Cunningham balled out. Balled out, and Louisville covered. And that was a game where I was 50-50 on, and I ultimately picked USF, UCF to cover. Michigan State, Miami. This was one I was happy about. I ended up going with Michigan State plus 6.5. That worked out really well and went exactly how I predicted it, pretty much. Kenneth Walker III was going to get a crap ton of carries. He did. Had like 170 yards or something like that, and he is a very, very... Good running back. Against Northwestern, he had like 200-something rush yards. This game, he had 170-something. He's a good running back. He's a good one. Pitt, Western Michigan. Uh, Yeah, that didn't happen. That did not happen whatsoever. Pitt did not play well at all against Western Michigan. And not only did they not cover by 15, which was a very wide margin. Uh, this, is, this is a team. Oh, what? I'm not even going to try and talk myself. They lost to Western Michigan. At home, Kenny Pickett threw six passing touchdowns in the game with only one pick, 382 passing yards, and they lost. Jordan Addison, 124 yards, three touchdowns, and they lost. But their defense gave up a lot of yards. <laughs> it's just 517 total yards of offense given up to 513 gained by Pitt. Not ideal and also doesn't help that you lose the turnover battle three nothing that also really puts a damper on things really puts a damper on things but yeah not only do they not cover by 15 which is a huge which is a pretty big margin and I don't I I must have gone in blind and go like oh yeah I like Kenny Pickett they had a good game against Tennessee where they were underdogs and they played well in in Knoxville or wherever I did this last time is it Knoxville I don't know where Tennessee plays. Wherever, where a hundred thousand seat stadium, Neely Stadium, wherever they play, they went in there and beat Tennessee. Going against Western Michigan, a team they should beat pretty handily, they lost by three, forty-four to thirteen. So there's an L. So we've had two L's out of three, and then Virginia Tech, West Virginia. Now I got to talk about that. Virginia Tech stunk it up in the first half, and uh, 
Yeah, they were down 24 to 7 at halftime and then tried to make it somewhat of a game and lost 21 to 17. 21 to 27. And this was one that I was not 100% sold on, but I was decently confident. People were overlooking Virginia Tech. They were underdogs in this game, 15th ranked playing an unranked West Virginia team. Virginia Tech had a good defense. You saw what they did against a top 10 North Carolina team. And uh, they um, they struggled. I forget Morgantown's a tough place to play. So next time, I will make sure to not do that one. Uh, Oklahoma, Nebraska. Yeah, screw off, Oklahoma. We're not going to do any analysis on that one. Oklahoma barely won. If you didn't beat Nebraska by 22, by all accounts, to me, you're dead. You lost. Whatever. Moving on. Cincinnati against Indiana. Cincinnati covered. Three and a half. Good job, in Cincinnati. They struggled early in the game, but this was their big test. You're playing a big-time opponent. Now, big-time opponent in the sense you're playing a team from a bigger, bigger conference that had a lot of hype going into the season. They were pre-season ranked 17th before they got the brakes beaten off from 34-6 to against Iowa. And they struggled a little bit in the first half. There was uh, Mike, uh, Michael, not Michael Penix, that's Indiana's quarterback, Desmond Ritter fumbled the ball, and instead of a Cincinnati lineman jumping on top of it, tried to pick it up with one hand, and surprisingly, it didn't work out. But thankfully, Cincinnati recovered from that, and they ended up winning the game by 14 points. Where they struggled, they came back with the vengeance in the second half, and Michael Penix struggled in this game. 17 of 40 with three interceptions. I don't care if he threw two touchdowns in the game. 17 of 40. And I know Cincinnati is a good defense, so it's not really all just on Michael Penix having a bad game. Cincinnati's defense has been good for the past few seasons. That's one thing they've been known for, and that's it's not just Desmond Ritter why they're ranked so high. Their defense is the main part of why they're a good, as good of a team as they are. Going into Indiana, that was going to be a tough game for them, and it proved tough, but they were like, we're the eighth-ranked team in the nation. We've got a Heisman candidate quarterback, possible first-round draft pick at quarterback, good defense. We can beat Indiana pretty handily and woke up and did that. Exactly. Next one, we had NIU facing Michigan. Rocky Lombardi in his triumphant return to the big house. He was a rival quarterback at Michigan State, and um, yeah, Michigan beat the brakes off of Northern Illinois 63-10. Yeah. That, that was pretty much it. Michigan's got a couple good running backs on the roster, but Blake Corum had 125 yards, three touchdowns in the game. Cade McNamara, 191 yards passing and a touchdown. Yeah, just a really simple game. Rocky Lombardi, 9 of 17. 46 yards, touchdown pick. It, yeah, Michigan was a 27-point favorite. They, they, <laughs> Yeah, they won by 53. I think they covered. Texas A&M at, or New Mexico at Texas A&M. Nope, didn't cover. That was also a uh, fantastic, well, actually, I, I shouldn't be saying that because I'm not... Hold on. So I, th- I didn't think they covered. 34 nothing. What was the spread? 28 and a half. Okay. Never mind. Take that back. Sorry, Texas a <laughs> You did cover. Good job on you guys. Good job on you guys. Next one, we had North Carolina, or Coastal Carolina at Buffalo. This is one I regret doing because I literally, I talked about this, that Buffalo is a tough team, especially at home. They control the time of the possession. They have a really good running game. And Coast Carolina, though a good team, I should not have gone, okay, yeah, they could go into Buffalo and beat them by 13 and a half. I thought they'd win. I thought it'd be by like a touchdown or 10 points or something. But then I was like, oh, it's Coast Carolina. Remember when they beat Kansas? I think Buffalo could beat Kansas. So why did I go everything in on Kansas's game against Coast Carolina? I go, well, Coast Carolina could do that to Buffalo. They can't. They were down early in the game. It was 14-7 after the first quarter. 
And it was a really tough game, as I thought it would be, but I just ignored my own thoughts and said, you know what, we're going to go with Coast Carolina, even though I have a few Buffalo shirts. Minnesota, Colorado, I, I'm, hmm. Let's just put it like this. I had Colorado. Okay, that's all we're going to say about it. That's all we're going to say about that game. That is it. Nothing else. <laughs> we had Colorado. Next one, Kansas State, Nevada. Let's just say this one as well. I had Nevada. Let's just say that. Okay? If you can tell the tone of my voice, that's uh, this is what we're... Yeah. <laughs> it was a... Uh, yeah. Next one, Purdue-Notre Dame. David Bell getting hurt did not help anything. That kind of screwed everything up for me on that end. I mean, Purdue... Purdue was in the game for most of it until the fourth quarter. And then Notre Dame was like, oh, remember what we did against a team that lost to Jacksonville State and Toledo? Well, now we're playing a Big Ten team that's 2-0. and We should actually play a good football team. And they did that. Kyron Williams played awesome for what he had been doing this year. 91 rushing yards, 47 receiving yards, had a 39-yard reception for a touchdown. Yeah, Notre Dame played really well later in the game, not necessarily in the first half, which is... You know, nice to see for a team that's got a lot of hype going into the season. You don't want to really want to go, okay, Notre Dame, you're going to barely beat Florida State and barely beat Toledo at home. I get Florida State's a tough place to play. It is. But uh, Jacksonville State walked in there and beat them. So that win against Florida State's not really looking that great when you barely beat them. Barely beat them. So, yeah, uh, I had Purdue. They were, minus, they were plus seven in the game. I took Purdue. Georgia Tech, Clemson, screw Clemson. I'd, uh, that's it. Clemson beat them by 70 points or something last year. Clemson's dead to me. I don't care. Clemson's dead to me. I do not care. DJU, I mean, he was already out of my Heisman rankings to begin with, but, man, he's far gone. Far, far gone. Georgia Tech is, for all intents and purposes, not great. Let's just put it like that. Last year against Georgia Tech, let me read you the score. <clears throat> 73-7 was the final. Now, if you look at the top passing yards, leading rushers, receivers, Lawrence, Etienne, and Rodgers are all gone. So maybe that's one thing we're looking at here and go, oh, well, we should feel sorry. It's Clemson. If this was, I don't know, Iowa or something, and you had three... Top draft picks, Amari Rodgers, Trevor Lawrence, and Travis Etienne all leave. Then you go, wow, this is going to be really hard to replace them. It's going to be very, very hard to replace them. Not Clemson when they just crap out five-star recruits and they got Justin Ross there. Now, I don't know if Justin Ross played. I know he was battling some injuries. He had a neck injury last year. I don't know. I didn't watch the game. All I know is Clemson won by like six points. That's all I know. (laughs) So, yeah. DJU's not looking great. He looked good in that Notre Dame game last year. But again, it's Clemson. They always have five-star recruits. They always have players to back up players. And they barely beat a team. They beat 73-7 last year. By six. By six points. (laughs) They barely beat Georgia Tech. By six. Now, it would have been more. It would have been eight, but Georgia, or, um, hold on. Yeah, it would have been eight, but uh, Clemson fumbled, so 
they uh, got a safety out of it. So that was pretty cool. That was pretty freaking sick. Great game. Great stuff. Clemson. Love Clemson. Iowa, Kent State. Iowa was 22.5 point favorites. They struggled early, but uh, they woke up in the second half. It was 7-9 after the first quarter. Tyler Goodson bowled out, which is what we've been saying Iowa needs to do forever. Just hand the ball off to Tyler Goodson. Irie Kelly Martin fumbled a few times, but Goodson three touchdowns, 153 yards rushing. Great game from him. Petrus, not amazing for a team. <laughs> I... Not amazing. Let's just put it like that. But yeah, 30-7, to a team you should beat by at least 22.5. They did. Iowa does have these games once a year, it feels like, where it's a team they should beat the brakes off of. And they did. They ended up beating them like, they beat them by, what, 23. So good stuff. But they struggled early. They lost to Central Michigan when I was younger. Lost to Northern Illinois when I was younger. They lost to North Coast State when I was younger, which all fair... Decent team. I mean, North Dakota State's FCS powerhouse. But they should never beat Iowa in Kinnick Stadium. UNI's almost beaten Iowa. They have these random games where it's like, how is this happening? And that's kind of what the thought process was after the first quarter. It's like, huh, this is weird. This is really weird. This is really strange. But then Iowa woke up and beat <laughs> ironically, beat Kent State by less points than they beat a 17th-ranked team. That's just crazy to me. Uh, USC-Washington State, yeah, USC covered. Uh, Keaton Slovis, uh, yeah, he's in free fall at this point in time for the <laughs> for his draft stock, especially after Jackson Dart balled out. Slovis got hurt. Dart balled out in this game. 391 yards, four touchdowns. On the road against Washington State. Not a great team, but you're down 14-7 at halftime. Scored 28 points in the third quarter. And led the team in rushing as well. Woke up in the second half. Slovis hasn't played great this year. And he's dropped, ooh, geez, seven or eight. Am I eight, I believe, in my last quarterback power rankings for the draft? It's not looking great. He's lucky, like, Phil Yurkovic got hurt and is out for the season. And JT Daniels, I don't really rate that highly. But we'll get to the draft stuff on Wednesday. We'll do some Heisman stuff today. We'll do some Heisman talk today. And right now, as I'm looking at it, we're already at 20 minutes. So, yeah, we're, we're not making the 30 minutes. We're already halfway through this list. Alabama, Florida. Yeah, Alabama didn't cover. Screw them. Uh, yeah, don't like them. Not, not, big, not big Alabama fans. Yeah, Florida going into this game had a quarterback. We didn't know who their quarterback was going to be. Emory Jones or Richardson. Richardson was battling some injuries against after the USF game. Emory Jones started, threw an interception, no touchdowns, had 77 yards rushing and a rushing touchdown there as well. But yeah, Alabama did not cover. Georgia Southern versus Arkansas, I didn't even, I kind of forgot this game existed, to be 100% honest with you. So I have not even seen any, I have seen nothing from that game. 45 to 10, line was 20, boom, covered, beautiful. Wyoming, they beat the brakes out of Ball State, which was pretty nice to see, at least the last time I checked, they were beating them pretty good. What did the final score? 45-12. Yeah, they beat them pretty easily. That was that was a fun one. That was a fun one. Mississippi State, Memphis. I switched it last second to Mississippi State. Last second switched it to Mississippi State. We talked about Memphis covering on the show and saying they would beat Mississippi State. And then after Friday morning, after I recorded the show and posted it, I switched my brain to Mississippi State. Because I started going, oh, it's an SEC team. They should not lose to a team like Memphis. And then I was like, wait a minute. This is the same SEC team that almost lost to Louisiana Tech at home. 
Louisiana Tech's worse than Memphis. I don't know why that just decided to escape my brain. I talked about that on Friday's show, and then on Friday morning, after the show was recorded and posted, I just said, you know what, screw that. We're going to go with Mississippi State again. Uh, that, that is a prime example of overthinking yourself. Don't do that, because I had Memphis. It was one of the first games I picked, and then I talked myself out of it. Beautiful stuff there from Logan. Uh, Georgia versus South Carolina, 30.5-point favorites was the line for Georgia. They won by 27, so they didn't cover there. JT Daniels, 303 yards, three touchdowns in the game. Pretty easy game, but didn't cover, so screw them. Next one, San Diego State plus eight at Utah. Or no, at Utah was at San Diego State, and San Diego State won by two, so that was pretty impressive. So good job, San Diego State, on you guys. Virginia at North Carolina. Uh, Sam Howell woke up. That was pretty evident in this game. I was going into this. Virginia had beat North Carolina like five years in a row or something crazy like that. Brendan Armstrong had played really well up to this point in the season. And he played well against North Carolina to a certain extent. Threw a lot of passes, threw a lot of yards, threw a lot of touchdowns. Like, good stuff. Sam Howell looks good. He looks good again. That week one game against Virginia Tech where he's starting to figure out his new weapons that he had, he looks good. Five passing touchdowns in the game. Had 112 rushing yards as well. Yeah, he's... uh, He's figuring stuff out again. He's looking really good yet again. Uh, Virginia did not cover. They lost by quite a bit. (laughs) Penn State-Auburn. Penn State was favored by six points in this game in Happy Valley. And thanks, Auburn, (laughs) they lost by eight. So that was pretty sick. Penn State winning 28-20. So that was pretty awesome. Stony Brook at Oregon. There was no line. Oregon won. That was all that mattered. LSU versus Central Michigan. This is one that I actually thought about for, I I don't know, a pretty long time, which it was close. I, I mean, it was close. 41 to 21, 49 to 21. So they did score quite a bit of points, but I thought about that one quite a bit. And I don't know why I thought about it as long as I did going to Death Valley, playing LSU. They scored 21, but they should know. Ole Miss versus Tulane. Ole Miss beat the brakes off Tulane. Good freaking Lord. Matt Corral, what do you have, seven touchdowns in this game? Four passing, three rushing, or three passing, four rushing, which one? Yeah, he balled out, balled out. We'll get to the Heisman rankings in a little bit, but Matt Corral is freaking balling out, especially if you just want to do a compare-contrast thing. Spencer Rattler against Tulane threw two interceptions and had more interceptions than touchdowns and beat Tulane by five. Matt Corral and Ole Miss piss-pounded Tulane 61-21. to They beat him by 40 points. The line in this game was 14. Next one on here, Oklahoma State at Boise State. Uh, Yeah, Bo- Oklahoma State won, so they didn't cover. Next one, BYU, Arizona State. Uh, Yeah, I picked BYU, and BYU won. So that was pretty cool. 27-17. Probably Utah's a tough place to play. I don't know why Arizona State was favored. Arizona State has a really weird habit of playing down to the level of their competition. And I'm not saying they were played down to BYU, but BYU at home against Arizona State, a team that has problems with that, BYU should win. And they did. They were underdogs. What was the line in this game? Three and a half. Yeah, BYU. Take that one to the hill. Next one, Iowa State at UNL. I guess at UNLV is what we'll call that. There was more Iowa State fans there than UNLV fans by far. And Iowa State properly disposed of UNLV 48-3. Uh, yeah, there were 30 and a half point favorites in this game. Yeah, easy. Fresno State, UCLA. Fresno State won. So that was great. That I mean, I don't know why Fresno State was such big underdogs against UCLA. UCLA is not as good as Oregon. 
and Fresno State almost beat Oregon. So why was UCLA such a big favorite against Fresno State? And Fresno State came in to the Rose Bowl and won. <laughs> and then finally, just because I forgot to put it on my list when I was first doing this, I know we talked about it on Friday's show, but Ohio State versus Tulsa, the line in this game was 26.5. Yeah, uh, Oklahoma or Ohio State won by 21 points. So that was not great. Uh, Trayvon Henderson, Travion Henderson, my bad, had a big game. Ohio State struggled in this game early, but figured it out later in the game. Travion Henderson had 277 yards rushing and three touchdowns. Stroud did not play well. Alave didn't catch a pass in this game, so that was not really ideal. Had tar- Got targeted four times, didn't catch a pass. Garrett Wilson had 70 yards receiving and a touchdown this game. He led all receivers in yards. For Ohio State, Josh Johnson for Tulsa had 149 yards and a touchdown for Dillon of both teams. But yeah, that was my weekend picks, so... We'll post those on on when the show comes out, so you'll see which ones I hit and miss. I mean, we talked about them all, but I'm not going to go through each one again and then count which ones I had, which one I did. We'll just post it all on social media, so you'll see what we had, what my thought, well, not thought process, because you'll just hear that on the show. Games, I'm, let's just do this. Games I'm most pissed off about changing was Coast Carolina Buffalo. That was one I was really, really pissed off about. I don't know why I changed that. Next one we have here... Purdue and Notre Dame, I mean, I'm not really pissed, but I'm upset that I changed that to Notre Dame. Any other ones that was really... Memphis, Mississippi State, really upset about because I literally I said Memphis would win. And then I was like, I'm not you know what? No, I'm going to go with Mississippi State covering. And they didn't. They lost. So I should have just gone with Memphis. Any other ones, really? No? So only three that I would take back. I mean, the obvious ones like Pitt, Western Michigan's a rough one. Georgia Tech, Clemson's a rough one. Alabama, Florida's a rough one. All the giant spreads. Those are just really rough ones. But I'm not really like... When I first looked at this, because this is the first time I've actually looked at the list and then recapped the games since they've happened. I've not... T- I was scared to look at any game that was going on on Saturday because I was not confident in my list going into it. Oh, UCF, Memphis, Louisville, I'm frustrated with as well. But I'm, it's not as bad as I originally thought it would be. We had a lot better success week two, but I'm not depressed after this one. Memphis, Colorado, Nevada, Kansas State pissed me off because Minnesota beat this freaking breaks off Colorado 30 to nothing. <laughs> I wasn't even planning on talking about that one because that was just bad. Freaking terrible. Favorite games, though, like Michigan State-Miami was an awesome one. BYU for Arizona State. Cincy, Indiana coming back and winning that one. Yeah, there's some fun ones, but I'm still not thrilled. I wish we could do better. I would like to get 100%, which I know is not realistic, but I wish I did. I wish I got UCF in Louisville because I think that would have set the course for the entire weekend. Throwing a pick six with 20 seconds left or whatever is not what I call ideal, okay? Not what I call ideal. <laughs> it was just not great. Not, not at all. Not great at all. Terrible. Terrible, 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 terrible. But yeah, we've got some Heisman stuff I want to talk about. So we have these quarterbacks playing really, really well right now. And some not playing well. I would say most of these Heisman candidates are quarterbacks. I will say that, but I'll give honorable mentions before we start off. Travion Henderson. I mean, just after this week, 277 yards is huge. He's the main reason that Ohio State came back and won this game against uh, against Tulsa, or at least decided to wake up. 
against Tulsa, but Kenneth Walker at the third also has to get talked about a little bit. He has two games of over 170 yards rushing. One against Northwestern, who has a historically good defense at 264 yards and four touchdowns. That's 11.4. He had 23 carries. It's not like he ran the ball 40 times. He had 11.5 yards of carry against Miami at Miami. So two games on the road where you need your running backs to play really well. 172 yards rushing on 27 carries. 6.4 yards per attempt. Already, he's almost at a half, just under. He is at 493 yards. Just under a half of 1,000 yards already. He's been awesome. Brees Hall had a good game as well, but after the first two weeks, he's not really getting talked about for Heisman stuff. Chris Olave did absolutely nothing against Ohio State, so or against Tulsa. So we're not going to talk about him. He, did, he caught no passes. He had four, tar- targeted four times for no yards and no catches. Like, it's... He's not going to do... We're not going to talk about him. I mean, we talked about him a little bit, I guess. But nothing crazy. I guess those are the only people... Isaiah Spiller had a good game against New Mexico. New Mexico, 117 yards and a touchdown for him. The best running back in this draft class... I, I know we did a preseason mock draft and had Brees Hall going to the first round. I'll be shocked at this point in time, as we sit here on September 19th, 2021... I would be shocked if there was a running back taken in the first round. The only one that I think could get drafted at this point is Kyron Williams just because I think he's the best receiver out of the backs they have in this draft class. Like The main guys preseason were Kyron Williams, Brees Hall, Isaiah Spiller. And I really like Kyron Williams, and he had a great year last year. We need to see him do a little more, and he's probably played the best. I would, I'd say Isaiah Spiller's probably played the best out of the three, I guess. Brees Hall's played the worst by far, but... And he had a good game against one of the worst, three worst teams in college football. So, but yeah, Kyron Williams, just because of what he can do in the past game, I would probably put him at number one, probably. Kenneth Walker the third has to be mentioned up there. He's a junior. He'll probably be available. Zach Deschamps, or Zach Charbonnet from UCLA will have to get mentioned up there. Travion Henderson, I think, is a freshman, so he's not going to get talked about in regards to draft stock. But, yeah. I think those are it for like the honorable mentions or whatever for the Heisman talks because those are the guys not on the list. Did we have anybody drop out that I can recall? I mean, Chris Olave, but that was no surprise. He didn't catch any passes. You can't have a week where you catch no passes against a not great football team. <laughs> I guess an 0-2 Tulsa team at your home stadium. Yeah. Uh, so Heisman rankings, number one. I struggle. I'm going to put this basically 1A, 1B, Bryce Hall and Matt Corral. Bryce Hall, or Bryce Hall, Bryce Young has played some good football teams to start. Miami, top 10, or top 14 team at the time. Florida, top 14 team at the time. And played well. They struggled a little bit against Florida, but it was at Florida. So it was bound to be a tough game. The Swamp's a historically tough place to play. But he's still 240 yards passing, three touchdowns in the game. Didn't put a lot of the stuff on the ground. But I'm still going to keep him at number one. I might change this. By the time you see the high, or by the time the show comes out, the list might be flipped by the, just the result of Matt Corral being number one, Bryce Young, two. I mean, he's not falling very far, but Matt Corral, seven touchdowns against Tulane, a team that Spencer Rattler struggled against. So I think that's going to be the main cog here is Matt Corral playing that much better against Tulane than Spencer Rattler did, I think, because Rattler's third. I don't think Rattler's done enough to lose a spot. I don't think he played great against Nebraska by any means, but he didn't do anything to really drop down, if that makes sense. Like, 
214 yards passing, a touchdown, no turnovers, 35 rushing yards, and a, turn, a touchdown there as well. Do I think he drops down? No, because I think later, as the season progresses, he'll keep getting better and better, so I'm going to keep him at three. But because of the playing game, I might move Corral up to one, just because of how insanely different the two games were between Corral and Rattler. And that could be big for draft stock, too. That could be massive for draft stock. Number four, I, I have Desmond Ritter here. I don't think Desmond Ritter played exceptionally well against Cincinnati or against Indiana, but you're playing a team on the road, a Big Ten opponent, and it was mostly because of the fact I had someone jumping up a lot, but I think Desmond Ritter has a better shot at winning it right now than the guy I have at number five. It was one guy moving down, another guy moving up, and I don't think Ritter did enough to drop a spot or stay the same. You go in on a Big Ten opponent, throw for 210 yards, rush for 45 yards, have two touchdowns total, fumble, interception, not great, but you know what? You're still in the top five Heisman candidates because Sam Howell is back at, he's back in the discussion. Number five, Sam Howell has played awesome the past two weeks against a Virginia team that a lot of people liked the spread. The spread was really weird. It was nine point spread. So people were looking at that going, oh, Virginia hasn't lost to North Carolina in freaking years. This should be a game where Brennan Armstrong is like announces himself to the world, I guess. But how with 300 yards passing, over 100 yards rushing, five touchdowns, he's back in the conversation. I don't think he was at eight last week. So I think moving up three spots is good. Maybe I can move him up above Ritter. But I think Ritter to this point, if we're just looking at what they've done so far, I... I don't know. That Virginia Tech game is tough. That's a very tough game. Very tough game to judge Howell on. But I really like Sam Howell. So I have a really time judge, hard time judging him on that. And I don't know if it's... I don't know. We'll, we'll adjust as we go. Either way, Ritter's not dropping a spot. He's either staying at five, which is where he was at last. We are moving up to four. But six is Stroud, CJ Stroud. He did not play well against Tulsa. He did not play well against Oregon, even though he threw for a shit ton of yards. He did not play well. Threw a couple of really high passes through a really bad interception. So, yeah, he's uh, basically at free fall right now. Next up, we have Malik Willis, one of my favorite quarterbacks in college football. He's my favorite quarterback in the upcoming draft. Malik Willis is a baller. The only problem is, and why he won't win the Heisman, is the fact he plays for Liberty, who they just played Old Dominion. And their toughest opponent is going to be Ole Miss, which is awesome. That game will take place on November 6th. So if you haven't watched Malik Willis and Liberty yet, that's a game to do it on. That might, at that time, that might be the top two quarterbacks in the 2021 draft class. Or 2022 draft class, apologies. That's an insane game. In Ole, at Ole Miss, Liberty's bound to get ranked at that point. I don't think there's a chance they're not. They've blown out two teams they played. They have a tough game, had a tough game on the road against Troy. They play Syracuse. So that'll be fun this Saturday, or this Friday. They play on the 24th. That's Friday, right? Yeah, Friday. So I would recommend tuning into that game. That's on ACC Network at Syracuse. They had a really great game there last year. They were at the carry your own last year against Syracuse and won 38-21. So if you want to watch them again at Syracuse and hopefully get a win, do it again. It'll be a fun game. But Link Willis against Old Dominion, even though we'll slag off Old Dominion here, even though Taylor Heineke balled out on Thursday Night Football. Balled out. And we'll get to that in a little bit, but before we do that, Willis went off against Old Dominion. Four touchdowns passing, two rushing, 242 yards passing, 77 yards rushing. Yeah. I think Stroud is a way better shot at winning the Heisman than 
Malik Willis because he has a shot of winning a national championship. He has a shot of winning the Big Ten. Malik Willis is an independent school that doesn't play anybody really that tough. So I by that, I have Stroud just above him. But I don't think Stroud's a better quarterback. I just think if we're talking about just Heisman, because it's not just individual success. You're going to have some team success in there as well. You can't be on. And Liberty's going to have a lot of success this year. But they're not in the shot to win any big trophies that the Heisman Committee or whatever is going to be looking at. They're going to win their bowl game, and that's it. Ohio State has a chance to win their conference championship and win a top-tier bowl game. Liberty will probably go to, like, the Las Vegas Bowl or something if I had to take a shot. I remember one year, Boise State lost to Nevada on a last-second field goal. Or, no, their kicker missed a few field goals, and then they lost the game. They went from the Fiesta Bowl to the Mako Las Vegas Bowl at 11-1. <laughs> their one loss to Nevada. That was Colin Kaepernick's Nevada. Dropped them out of the Fiesta Bowl and then into the Mako Las Vegas Bowl. I don't remember who they played, but they won the, Vegas, the Las Vegas Bowl, unsurprisingly. But what their bowl? Like, the Pinstripe Bowl? Nothing big, really. And he's going to have... The only game... He's going to have to play a perfect game against Ole Miss to win the Heisman. That That's pretty much the barometer here. And then number eight, just because... I don't think he did enough to drop out of the spot because he's on a top three football team and uh, he balled out against a top opponent when they never beaten this team before. CJ Verdell, he didn't play amazing against Stony Brook, but he didn't really need to do anything amazing against Stony Brook. He had 11 carries, 54 yards, no touchdowns, but he's still going to be in the conversation. He had 34 yards receiving and a touchdown there as well. It's against Stony Brook. I'm not going to put a lot on, oh, CJ Verdell, running back, did not have a lot of action against Stony Brook. <laughs> I'm not going to put a lot of weight on that. I think he'll I think he'll still be in the conversation for the Heisman by that point. So here's my top eight. Again, Bryce Young, Matt Corral, flip them if you want to. I might flip Matt Corral to number one because Rattler at three, they played, he played a lot better against Tulane than Rattler did. Ritter at four, Hal at five, but you can flip those two if you want. Stroud at six, Malik Willis seven, CJ Verdell at eight. So those are my Heisman candidates right now and for... A little bit. We're just going to break off into this a little bit. We're going to talk some NFL. And the first thing I'd like to talk about the NFL, uh, screw the taunting penalty. That is the dumbest penalty in all of sports. Don't care. I know people don't like the targeting call. The taunting thing is the dumbest thing in the NFL ever. I hate it. I They, they did away with it for a while where you could like openly celebrate. And then now it's a penalty if you just flex on somebody, Levi Wallace for the Bills got a penalty against the Dolphins today because he just flexed on a dude. and got a 15-yard penalty on that. That's it. I didn't even really directly flex it. <laughs> I was like, what? But thankfully, two plays later, he picked it off, picked off a pass. So that it was like karma there. Taunting penalties dumb. Taunting penalties extremely dumb. But we talked about Taylor Heineke for a little bit. Balled out Thursday night football against the Giants. Daniel Jones. For how much we have made fun of and not really liked Daniel Jones, this is the best game he's ever played for the Giants. This game was the best game he ever played for the Giants. Bar none. Like, easily. And the Giants still lost the game. Now, there was a point where he missed, I don't remember, it was Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, or Kenny Galladay. It was one of their band receivers. I think it was Shepard. I think it was Shepard. He missed him going into the end zone. Wide open, overthrew him. That turned out to be a lot bigger than what I thought, <laughs> what people thought it would be at the time. I mean, people knew it big. It was a walk-in touchdown. But Washington coming back and winning the game made it even bigger. 
Daniel Jones played awesome this game. There's no way around it. I've, I've made fun of Daniel Jones a lot, but, I mean, 249 yards rushing or passing one touchdown, 95 yards rushing and a touchdown. And the big part, no fumbles. Like, I, great. And he had a play where it didn't even count, but he had an insane rushing touchdown there as well. And they lost. Heineke played well, played really good, actually. 306, 336 yards passing, two touchdowns. And Terry McLaurin, 107 yards receiving and a touchdown there as well. Good game. Really fun game to watch. For being the Giants and Washington football team, two not very fun teams to watch, <laughs> it was a fun game to watch. I, I enjoyed watching that game. We recorded the show right before that game started. And I enjoyed thoroughly watching that game. <laughs> it was right before that game started. I went to go get dinner right before it. Right after the show, I went to go get dinner for the game and then came back home, watched the game, and I enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed myself watching that game. And then moving on to Sunday, the Bills won 35-0 against Miami Dolphins. And this is the crazy part. They did not look good offensively against the Dolphins. For what we were expecting the Bills to be, this was not that great. The, the past, like, five meetings with the Dolphins, the Bills have averaged 39 points. This has brought the average down. They scored 35. This is the first shutout, though, since, uh, what was the year? They won 16-0 against the Patriots, whatever. But the quarterback that started for the Patriots that day was Jacoby Brissett. Tua went down with a rib injury, got absolutely crunched by A.J. Epineza, who played great. Dolphins O-line stinks. And Tua went out, Brissett came in, did nothing. I mean, obviously, it was 35-0. But it's the largest win for the Bills, the largest shutout since 1966. 35 nothing versus the Miami Dolphins. We've joked, like, the Bills own the Dolphins. They own them. Sean McDermott's 5 and, or now 8 and 1 against Miami. Brian Flores is 0 and 5 against the Bills. Bills own the Dolphins. The one time they lost to them, they should have won. Charles Clay didn't catch a pass in the end zone. They always play their best games against Miami. The last game of the year last year against the Bills backups, two or three interceptions, and they lost like 56 to 20. And they refused to put Reed Sinnott in because they were afraid that he would take the starting spot from Tua. Chris Greer is at, in, the, in Brian Flores' headset going, Brian, we can't. Don't bench him. We have a lot riding on Tua. Reed Sinnott's the next Tom Brady, so we can't really have him play. But now, with Tua out... Brissett, I don't know how long two is going to be out. They're doing MRIs on Monday, so we'll see how that goes. He has bruised ribs. That's all I can tell you. But if he doesn't play, we are one injury away from seeing Reed Sinnott play in an actual NFL game. How insane would that be? The next Tom Brady sitting right there. Now, it hurts because he's playing in the Bills division. I don't want the next Tom Brady. We just got rid of the first Tom Brady. I don't need the next one in the same division. Playing for a team I despise just as much. Or not, not as much. But Reed Sinnott, get, get him somewhere else. Get him to a division I don't care about so he can kill those divisions. But yeah, 20, 35 nothing. Bill's defense balled out again. They had, like, I don't know. They just played great. Offense looked good early. Devin Singletary, second play of the game, had a 46-yard rushing touchdown. And I remember seeing on the NFL Network this morning, scrolling on the bottom, they do their fantasy start and sits. Number one sit was Devin Singletary. Second play of the game for the Bills offensively was a 46-yard touchdown run. <laughs> Zach Moss had two rushing touchdowns. He's out of the doghouse. He put himself back in the doghouse, though, early. Fumbled the ball in, like, his third carry of the game. And then scored two touchdowns. 
Diggs had a touchdown in the game. Josh extended the play a little bit, threw a ball to Diggs. Diggs was wide open. Dawson Knox caught a touchdown pass. Josh threw an interception in the game. And yeah, no matter what the Dolphins did, it never scared. The Bills' defense, I just can't, I can't overstate enough the Bills' defense, how good they played in this game. Just great. D-line played great. Linebackers played great. Corners, D-backs played great. Yeah, this is a pretty, <laughs> this is a pretty simple win. Thirty-five nothing. You, it's a good problem to have when your team wins thirty-five nothing and they don't look great. Like people wanted to talk about the bill, the Patriots putting the Bills on notice. Did this put the Patriots on notice? The team that they just lost to last week, the Bills just clobbered by thirty-five when they didn't play that good, and the Patriots put the Bills on notice. Okay. No, the classic division is still Buffalo. It's clear. Bills had a crappy game against Pittsburgh. Should not have lost the game, but they did. Shit happens. They lost. And they came back. Defense played great against Pittsburgh until they just couldn't anymore because the Bills' offense wasn't moving anywhere. But yeah, no, they played good. They played really good that game defensively. The Do- the Cowboys beat the Chargers 20-17. Cowboys made a last-second field goal to win. And the, Cowboy- or the Vikings lost... By missing a last-second field goal, and it was more than just the last-second field goal. Greg Joseph, their kicker, <laughs> he missed an extra point in the game as well. So the Cardinals went down and scored. Beautiful throw by Kyler Murray. And they go to Vikings, get the ball back. And they're doing, they're driving, looking good. And then uh, they go down in field goal range. Really easy chip shot right in the middle of the field. Right in the dead extra point range, pretty much, and he just shanks it right or left. His right, ref's left. I don't know. <laughs> and it just if you listen to Paul Allen on the radio call. For those of you who don't know, Paul Allen is the Vikings radio show. He's the he's the play by play guy for the Minnesota Vikings. Paul Allen is always very animated. You can go just watch Paul Allen highlights. I guess you could call them lowlights. For the Vikings, my highlights for Paul Allen. The Brett Favre interception against the Saints in the NFC Championship is always a great one. The last second throw from Josh McCown to, I think, Nick Poole. Nick Poole for the Arizona Cardinals. Knocking the Vikings out of the playoffs. That's a great one as well. And then this one's going to be up there as well because of the fact he just said, he screamed, they, yes, they made it. No, he missed it. Uh, it was awesome. But I, I have a few friends that are Vikings fans. I it's It's not fun. It's not fun. I mean, I, I enjoy it, but they don't. So I feel bad in a certain a part of me. Very small part, but a part of me feels bad. You don't want to lose a game like that. But Kyler Murray played well. Kyler Murray at this point in time is the front runner for the MVP. It's pretty obvious at this point. I mean, he threw two bad interceptions. One of them got returned for a touchdown in this game, but he threw five touchdowns. Had five touchdowns in the game against Tennessee. Had three passing touchdowns and one rushing touchdown in the game. As of right now, Kyler Murray's the MVP. As of right now, Kyler Murray is the MVP. And I think most people knew he was going to have a good year this year because you looked at all the weapons they had and all the talent that he has and, and individually. Like, watch the throw to Christian Kirk that scored a touchdown. It was He was backing up the entire time and just launched it, like 50 yards to Christian Kirk in stride. Beautiful throw. One of the best throws of the year. Lamar Jackson tonight had an insane jump throw to Hollywood Brown for a touchdown. The Ravens are currently winning 36-35 with two minutes left in the game. And Lamar started off the game throwing a pick six because Sammy Watkins fell over. 
And this will be the first time the Ravens beat Lamar Jackson's beaten Patrick Mahomes if they hold this. 35-36 right now with two minutes left exactly. But yeah, Kyler Murray's the MVP right now. And then moving on to some other games, the Bears beat the Bengals 20-17. Andy Dalton went down injured. He played well in the game before getting hurt. 9 of 9-11, or 56 yards and a touchdown, no turnovers. Also had 25 rushing yards. And uh Yeah, he uh he did something to his knee. I don't know what we call it. They're saying they don't think it's an ACL, but something definitely popped. You can see it in his sock or his tights, whatever you want to call it. Something popped in his left leg. So we'll see if that happens. Fields came in. I mean, didn't really do anything. He had, he had 31 rushing yards, 60 yards passing, interception, fumbled the ball. Got sacked twice, 6 of 13, 60 yards. I mean, nothing fantastic against a not insane defense. Bengals didn't do anything, really. Jamar Chase got a touchdown again. T. Higgins got a touchdown. Joe Burrow had to throw a pick six to Roquan Smith. Very boring game. <laughs> Not boring game. Which is uh, Browns and Texans. 31-21. Tyra Taylor got hurt. Hamstring injury, apparently. Part of me believes it. Part of me does not. Because they were almost beating the Browns. They were tied at 14 at halftime. Does that preserve the tank? No. Oh, we have another spider. Spider alert. Get the hammer. All right. Another, we did that. We've done this before. This has been one of the Logan Blackman Show favorites. It's a very gruesome way to go, isn't it? But it shouldn't trespass in my bedroom while I'm doing a, a world-famous, world-renowned podcast. Okay, where were we? Browns, Texans. <laughs> they got to preserve the tank. The Texans were expected to be the worst team in the NFL this year. They won their first game of the year. That was not according to plan, but I don't think they realized that, oh my God, Jacksonville stinks. And Tyrod got mysteriously hurt again. And Davis Mills goes in, who a lot of people like, didn't do a ton. It's more of a personality thing from what I could tell around Davis Mills because a lot of people seem to really like him around the NFL. He didn't do a lot at Stanford. I mean, he's decently athletic, but yeah. That preserved the tank. Browns came back and won. Baker did something to his shoulder. He ran a touchdown. So he did something to his shoulder, walked off holding his shoulder, celebrating. He was holding his left arm as he celebrated because he did not want that thing to move. He was hurting, but fair play to Baker for going back in the game and finishing out the game and beating the Texans. 31-21. Colts, Rams, fun game. Carson Wentz came in and, or Carson Wentz got hurt. Jacob Eason came in. And within about a minute of him coming in, threw an interception to Jalen Ramsey and lost the game. <laughs> but yeah, Cooper Cup balled out two touchdowns under 60 yards. People knew he was going to ball out today. Colts 0-2. Not very surprised. I mean, they played the Seahawks and Rams week 1 and 2. I mean, if you thought the Colts were going to be 2-0 and after this, you had a lot higher expectations of the Colts than I did. I am going 8-9. This was two games I thought were pretty easy to predict that they'd lose. Played better against the Rams than they did against Seattle last week, though, so fair play to them. Uh, Patriots, Jets, Zach Wilson stunk this game through four interceptions. There was a time he had two pass attempts, both interceptions. And I like Zach Wilson. And the thing is, I'm not going to go in this that I think Zach Wilson now sucks because I've been relatively high on Zach Wilson. And Bill, the thing is, Bill Belichick is notoriously good notoriously evil, I guess, when it comes to playing rookie quarterbacks. He feasts 
on rookie quarterbacks, especially rookie quarterbacks that don't have a great offensive line with their left tackle just had a dislocated kneecap last week. So you're going to feast on those. And they did. Zach Wilson, his coach, Robert Sala, this is this is putting it a little lightly. He was a little he was off a little bit today. That's that's one way to put it, Robert. He did not play great. He did not play great in this game. 19 to 33, 210 yards, four touchdowns. I'm still not going to bat I'm not going to jump off the I'm not on a guess of Zach Wilson train, but after this game we talked about it in the preview, I had Zach Wilson running rookie of the year and I mentioned Mac Jones. Mac Jones was number 2 and I think it's going to Mac Jones. I don't think, unless Jamar Chase balls out the rest of the year. He had a good week one. He got a touchdown today, so he has two touchdowns, two straight games. If Jamar Chase balls out, he should win it because the Zach Wilson is a lot more exciting than Mac Jones, but Mac Jones is, at this point, a better quarterback, which is what we expected. I mean, he came from Alabama, won a national championship, led the nation in passing, came third in the Heisman. We should expect him, especially with the team around him, Patriots got a lot of new additions this offseason. He didn't throw a touchdown in this game. And the Patriots didn't look amazing. They ran the ball well. I'll give them credit for that. They had this game on next to the, right next to the Bills game. So he had a division games right next to each other, but Zach Wilson looked bad. There were, his interceptions were bad. The first one, I was like, where the hell is he looking? He threw the ball into triple coverage, pretty much. And, uh, yeah, they were all bad interceptions. Not that, none of them are redeeming. <laughs> Not a redeeming game. This is a game that Zach Wilson can learn from, I would hope, for, hope so and go back and not let this eat at him because this could destroy a lot of people. Hopefully it doesn't because I think he's really talented and he just needs to brush this one off. You're playing Bill Belichick, the greatest coach of all time, greatest defensive coach of all time. He's going to scheme and make your life a living hell for a rookie quarterback, and that's exactly what it was for Zach Wilson. Niners beat the Eagles, Seagulls, the Eagles 17-11 to today. Pretty exciting stuff, 17-11. Raiders beat the Steelers 26-17. Henry Ruggs got a touchdown pass. And the Raiders are 2-0. I thought they beat 0-2 at this point. Did not think they'd play as well against the Steelers and the Ravens as they did. Ravens realistically should have won the game against the Raiders week one. Shot themselves in the foot a few times. Lamar Jackson fumbled at crucial points in the game. And the Ravens got the ball back. I don't know what happened. But the Ravens had the ball back with... <laughs> So, yeah, the Ravens have now have the ball fourth and one. Timeout by Kansas City. 105 left, 36-35. This will be a big win, bounce back win. So I have the Ravens going one and one to start the season. I just thought they'd lose the Chiefs and beat, beat the Raiders. But, hey, fair play. It's tough. Baltimore's a very tough place to play in, especially at night. They wear those black uniforms. Those are one of the sweetest traditions in NFL, the Ravens in black uniforms at night. Beautiful stuff. Very tough place to play. And they might win. Might. Knock on wood. I'd love to see the Ravens beat them. But the Raiders have played really well these past two weeks and are 2-0 now. So congratulations to them. They are four wins away from my record prediction for wins. So that that's not ideal. Let's just put it like that. That's not ideal. Same with the Eagles. Eagles are, I mean, I, knew, I was stuck 50-50 on the Eagles on whether they'd be a dark horse playoff team or be bad. I didn't really know what to make of them. I went for the latter. Went for the bad side. Hindsight's 20-20, but I, I really... Need the Eagles to not play <laughs> that as good anymore. But I did, at this point, I guess I should say that I did have them one and one at this point, so I'll take that. But they just played a lot better against the Falcons. The Falcons are just a lot worse than I thought going into the season. Saints and Panthers, 26-7 to final. I had This is what I had, too. 
Because if you didn't know, for the reason I'm saying these games, I do this thing called NFL Playoff Predictor. It's a website. You can go through the website, and it will. It has every single game, and you click on who you think will win. So it'll calculate division standings, it'll, and it'll do like tiebreakers and stuff, which is very nice to see. And just do all of that, make playoffs, do all of that stuff. It's just a very easy way to do predictions, so that way you can be as accurate as possible. Go through each game, you know exactly what's going to happen, or at least you think you know exactly what's going to happen. And this is what I had. But I had the Saints going 0-2. No, I think I just said I had them 1-1. I forgot who they played week one. They played the Packers. I definitely did not have them winning week one. 0-2. I had the Panthers at 2-0. You're playing the Jets and the the Saints at home, and the Panthers have a very young, exciting football team. They have a good coaching staff. They were going to be 2-0. I don't know if they'll sustain it the entire year, but they look fun. They're a fun team to watch. Sam Darwin looks good. Christian McCaffrey's, I mean, Christian McCaffrey. Defense is young and hungry. They'll be good. I had them going 7-10, and 10, and I said, I made sure to clarify this in my preview, I think they could be around close to 500 to be over above 500. I could see them being a good team next year, like challenging division next year. Maybe not winning it, but being in that conversation, being like around 10 wins or something like that, I could really see the Panthers doing that next year. Broncos beat the Jaguars 23-13. I mean, the Jagu- the, Pan- the Broncos should beat the Jaguars. And then we had two more games. We had the Falcons and the Bucks. Bucks scared us a little bit, but ended up beating the brakes off the Falcons. He had two pick sixes, really helped things. Tom Brady threw five touchdowns, so that helped a lot of things as well. Falcons came back, it was 20-25, to and then they threw back-to-back pick sixes. That kind of derailed the game. And then the Titans beat the Seahawks in overtime. Derrick Henry had two, 182 yards and three touchdowns. Tyler Lockett had a touchdown in the game as well. Seahawks were up 24-9 at halftime and then lost the game 33-30. They scored six points in the second half. Titans won in the last second field goal, or won in overtime on a field goal. But Derrick Henry balled out. Derrick Henry balled out in this game. And Titans looked really bad week one. They bounced back this one in a big way. They needed to come away with the win here. And there was some controversy about Julio Jones' foot being in, foot being out, whatever. We're not going to go in too deeply on it. I'll just say this. I think it was in. But that's not my responsibility to judge. Titans won, so get over it. If they lost, it would have been a lot more different. It would have been a lot different if they were to lose that game. And the Ravens, speaking of winning and losing, the Ravens beat the Chiefs. Let's go. Jeez, I just hit the microphone. But congratulations to the Baltimore Ravens. I'm just too excited. Screw the Chiefs. One and one. Welcome down to the world. Welcome down to hell, you losers. <laughs> one and one hell. There are not a lot of 2 and 0 teams right now. They're all in the NFC. There's not uh, I take that back. Wow. There's a few more AFC teams. <laughs> a few more teams that are 2 and 0 than I thought. Bucks, Panthers 2 and 0, Niners, Rams, Cardinals and the Raiders and the Broncos. Every team you thought would be 2 and 0 at this time is 2 and 0. Exactly how we all predicted it to be. But yeah, there, there were some re- pretty easy ones like the Bucks being 2 and 0, Panthers being 2 and 0. Niners being 2-0, Rams being 2-0. Did I have the... Yeah, I had the Cardinals being 2-0. Wait, no. No, I didn't. No, I did. I have 1-1. I had losing to the Titans. I hadn't beaten the Vikings, though, at home. And Raiders had them 0-2. The Broncos... Yeah, one and, Yeah, they were 2-0. Yeah. They played the Giants and the <laughs> Jaguars. They were going to be 2-0. But, yeah. That's what we got for you. That's a pretty exciting weekend. And we got some Monday Night Football. And a barn burner of a Monday Night Football game... Packers-Lions, oh man, oh what a game we got going on. The second Monday Night Football game of the year is Packers-Lions. And then they got the biggest game of the year this Thursday night. I don't know why they put the biggest game of the year on Thursday night. Panthers and Texans, 
Davis Mills looks to be the starting quarterback for the Texans, and the tank bowl continues. Tyrod Taylor is ruining this tank. He looked really good in the first half. He has a, uh, an injury, a, a hamstring injury to be exact. Totally real hamstring injury. Nothing fake about that. Totally real. Totally, totally, totally real. Man, don't you love football? It's really nice to have football back. It's really nice to have football back. And I I saw this on Twitter, or no, on Instagram today. The last, yeah, the last what, one, two, three, four, five years, here's how the Jets and Giants have started. Giants 0-2, Jets 0-2. Giants 0-2, Jets 1-1. 2018, congratulations on the Jets getting to win week one or two. 2019, 0-2 Giants, 0-2 Jets. We 20, 2022, or 20, geez, 2020, 0-2 Giants, 0-2 Jets. 2021, 0-2 Giants, 0-2 Jets. And it says, this thing that I, one of the main reasons I took the screenshot of it, it was from Barstool Sportsbook, but this isn't their graphic. I believe this, uh, this is CBS, because this is during the Jets game today. They had slow starts in New York. Well, if we're being technical here, the Jets and Giants play in New Jersey. If we're just going to be technical... If we want to be just a little bit technical here, they're, they're in New Jersey. Okay, that's a, they're 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 in New Jersey. They're not in a. Even though that they are called the New York Giants and New York Jets, they're not in New Jersey. Okay, so let's. Or they're not in New York. <laughs> they're t- <laughs> crap. They're in New Jersey. The Bills are the only team in New York. Buffalo, New York, and they are the best team in New York and have been. For the past few seasons now. And I don't think the Jets are trying to be better than the Bills this year. Not knock on wood really hard there, just to make sure nothing <laughs> nothing insane happens here. But yeah, that's all I've got for you today. I hope I really hope you enjoyed the show. I enjoyed today's show. Going over some bets that we made over this weekend that didn't really pan out the way I thought to. A Bills victory. Great stuff. You and I won this weekend as well. So that's good. I mean, they're playing St. Thomas. They just moved up <laughs> to the FCS, so they you and I should Beat the, beat the snot out of a new FCS team in St. Thomas. But Theo Day, 193 yards passing in the day. Had a, a touchdown in there as well. Also had 22 yards rushing. Dom Williams, the rushing attack, seems to be somewhat awake. 73 yards rushing and a touchdown for him. And then receiving Isaiah Weston looks back and healthy. 186 yards, 86, not 186, 86 yards and a touchdown and then, yeah, do we need to go? Or it was 44 to 3. <laughs> There's not, nothing to really talk about here. But yeah, Theo Day's first start recount comes in a victory for you and I. And they got a big game next week. The Missouri Valley Football Conference kicks off this weekend against Youngstown State at home. And then on October, or no, on October 12th, so two weeks from now, we got Youngstown State at the Unidome and then at the Fargo Dome, taking on North Dakota State on October 9th. So that'll be very fun. That'll be very fun. And also on the topic, you and I, Spencer Brown played today for the Bills. So that was really cool. His family was at the cake stand today. Or his grandparents were at the cake stand today. Which, it's still his family, but that was exciting. Really good game for the Bills. 1-1. One one. Offense didn't look great, and he still won 33 nothing. That is, that's a good problem to have. Iowa, look, or, Iowa didn't look great, but they won 30-7. Iowa State won. It's a good week all around the state of Iowa. Give yourself a round of applause, state of Iowa. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Bills won. Hawks won. Cyclones won. I, you and I won. Good stuff. Great stuff. And uh, most of the Midwest teams, they won as well. Like you had the Bears getting a dub. The Browns got a dub. Colts didn't, but we don't really count them here. We, they, we don't really count the Indianapolis Colts. Vikings lost, but they always lose. And then 
the Chiefs lost, but so, yeah, screw them. Double bird to them, right, guys? We hate that team. Go Ravens, right? Yeah, okay. Let's end the show there. I hope you enjoyed it. Definitely didn't get to a half hour or 20 minutes. We are well, we are over an hour now, so we did not get to the half hour 20-minute mark. So oh, hey, either way, it was fun. I enjoyed doing it over an hour. I always try to do that more of <laughs> tongue-in-cheek because I know it's not going to happen, but I always try to do it. I'm just bad at it. I apologize for being bad at it. But I hope you enjoyed the show today. If not, I apologize for that. And with that, hope your bets were better than mine, and I hope you have a good rest of your week, and I will see you hopefully on Wednesday. Peace.